0: This week, how increased screen time in online classes affect children's mental health, Russian hackers trying to steal coronavirus vaccine information, an inside job Twitter hack, and privacy issues involving presidential campaign apps. All this and more coming up. With kids headed back to school, some in person, but many still mostly online, we wondered about the effect of all that screen time on children's mental health and overall well-being. Akron Children's Hospital psychologist Dr. Jeffrey Putt says it's not just about the fact that kids are spending time in front of screens instead of being in person in the classroom. It's about how much time they're spending.
1: Screens have become a necessary part of our lives they are entertainment, they're news, they're education, and and more and more they've become school. So they become really important. And so without screens, kids don't have social connections during this time of isolation, which is a a tough thing, especially for kids who struggle with depression or, or acceptance and things like that. So there are a lot of positives associated with screens. It really does come down to how much. When you look at screen usage, a lot of the problems associated with it is the opportunity cost, the what could you have been doing instead. You could have been interacting with other human beings. You could be for a young child developing language skills. For, for a number of kids, they could be exercising or, or active or doing things that uh, move more than just their thumbs. And get them up off of that one spot on the couch so that's really the big concern it's not so much that screens are evil or negative or bad they're fantastic and they've really improved our lives in a lot of ways it's just that how much we're using screens really matters
0: and he says it's up to parents to monitor their kids online activities
1: most of the time parents aren't watching over the shoulder of their child to see what they're doing or what they're watching and exposure to sexual content to tobacco to alcohol uh, to a number of things increases with a lot of these things that we're seeing as well as things that may seem innocent you know my child's watching these youtube videos and they're watching tiktoks where they're doing all these challenges but has anyone really looked at how safe are some of these challenges kids are ingesting things or dancing or doing things sometimes in a way that's very dangerous and without adequate supervision it's something that could be a problem
0: Now one of those problems, of course, is the possibility that they'll visit potentially dangerous sites or get connected with online predators.
1: They're so raised on screens. They're so used to taking all these quizzes and communicating, doing videos, doing songs, doing challenges. They're so used to all that that they don't really think about it as a dangerous environment. They don't realize that there's a large number of predators out there. There's a number of scams that are designed to you know, gather personal information or find out where they live. So we have to be really careful that even if they are on some of these apps, for example, that their home information, their city, you know, a lot of kids don't realize that if they post things that have their school picture or, oh, we're going for a walk to this park, it increases their risk if a predator is paying
0: attention. But even with the kinds of drawbacks and limitations online learning has, Dr. Pott tells us there are still a lot of good things that can come out of having kids connected with teachers and other students online. Screens
1: is a generic term, but there's so many things that we can do on them. There's so many things that we can learn. There's so many educational opportunities. There's so many things that just make us laugh or giggle or positive image that we see that can uplift our spirit. Kids can work on coding. They can have their classroom. So functionally, screens provide a lot of utility. But really the biggest advantage is social connectedness. People need people. People need interaction. They need to feel supported. They need to know what other people are doing. When you try to punish a criminal, what do you do? You put them in solitary, right? So one of the hardest things that we can do for a child, especially when they're growing and developing and and trying to figure out who they are in the world is to then isolate them from everybody else. So while we still have to be careful about cyberbullying and who they're connected with and making sure that the people that they're talking to are, are actually who they're talking to and things like that, the reality is social connection is huge. And today, more than ever, we have wonderful opportunities with screens to provide that social connection. And it can stave off a lot of the depression, a lot of the isolation, a lot of the feelings of, do other people understand are other people going through this are other people in the same boat when you start to feel some of that it makes things a lot more bearable. it makes it more tolerable and it makes it easier for you to deal with life
0: Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg spoke with Dr. Anthony Fauci recently and had some harsh words for the federal response to the pandemic. CBS News Weijia Jiang at the White House has more.
1: Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg blasted the federal response to the coronavirus in a chat Thursday with Dr. Anthony Fauci, whose television appearances have been blocked by the White House over the past three months. And it's really disappointing um, that we still don't have adequate testing, That uh, the credibility of our top scientists like yourself um, and the CDC are being undermined.
0: Speaking of the pandemic, British intelligence says a group of hackers linked to the Russian government is trying to steal information on the coronavirus vaccine. CBS News White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy has more.
1: The Russian hacking group is known as APT-29 they're also called the dukes and cozy bear in a statement referencing agreement between the uk u.s and canada british intelligence officials accused the russian group of targeting organizations working to develop a covid vaccine the apparent intent to steal information and intellectual property the method malware
0: And that's not the only big hacking incident over the past couple of weeks. Con artists apparently hacked into the Twitter accounts of technology moguls, politicians and major companies in an apparent Bitcoin scam. CBS News correspondent Chris Van Cleve has more. The tweets seem to be a scheme to get Twitter users to purchase Bitcoin. That's a cyber currency. The accounts
1: claim to be a partnership between a cyber health group and celebrities encouraging others to
0: collectively donate 5000 Bitcoins destined for a supposed community healthcare partnership. The hackers reportedly have been able to get more than $100,000 in this scam. A cybersecurity expert tells us this is likely a hack of Twitter, not individual accounts. Twitter is calling this a security incident and says the company is looking into it while taking steps to fix it. But it wasn't just your run-of-the-mill hack. The speculation is that it was an inside job done by somebody with access to an internal tool that allowed them to take over a number of accounts at once. And they were big, high-profile accounts. CNET editor Ian Schur. So far,
1: the data shows that that account has raked in at least $112,000.
0: But sure tells us it's more than just about all that money. It's about consumer confidence.
1: How can we trust this service when it's possible that these accounts, which are likely very secure to begin with, right? We're talking about former world leaders, large companies, huge social media people, if these accounts are protected and they still got compromised? What does that mean for what we can trust on this service? That's going to be the hardest question for them to answer.
0: And here's something interesting. We all know that when we use apps, they collect data about us, and they often demand access to information on our devices. But while we expect that kind of thing from apps like Facebook and Twitter, do we really expect it from presidential campaign apps? Well, according to CBS News correspondent Peter King, we should.
1: Both the Trump and Biden apps will ask for permission to access your contact list. If you click OK, they get it all. But a CBS News analysis of the Trump app shows that it asks for much more than that. Access to Bluetooth and location data, your phone's unique ID signature, information about your other apps and accounts, and even your files and videos. All that information could be a goldmine of information if users aren't careful or if they want it to be. Peter King, CBS News.
0: something new on the way from the Lyft ride-sharing service and is designed to keep you safer during the pandemic. CBS's Linda Mateo has more. Your next ride-share trip could look a bit different. Beep, beep. Lyft is rising to the occasion, distributing about 60,000 vehicle partition shields to its most active drivers. The company already requires passengers and drivers to wear a mask and gives out sanitizing products during the trips. Less active drivers will be able to purchase the barriers later this month for about 50 bucks. Lisa Mateo, CBS News. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.